It's way. 
Jesus a hand clap. He's wonderful. He's worthy. He is our peace. He is our peace. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, glory. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Amen. Welcome to God's house. Before we dismiss the little ones, we got VBS coming up, so let's give you one more reminder about VBS. We got a video. Let's go. Come on everybody There's something that you need to see A whole new way of living That comes by faith when you believe When you see it rolling into your neighborhood Come taste and see that the Lord is good This is a food truck party This summer, come with us. Follow me to the food truck party. As we discover God's love for us, and we learn to love one another through Coke's Berry's food truck party. Let's get on a roll with God. When you see it rolling into your neighborhood, come taste and see that the Lord is good. This is a food truck party. This is a food truck party. 
Through Food Truck Party, our students will learn to trust God to give us each day our daily bread as we learn about God's provision for us and as we also learn to serve one another. Food Truck Party will build your students' faith as each day they learn one of the daily specials. Those specials will teach not just that God is great and God is good, but that our daily food comes from God's love and care for us. These lessons are taught with the help of this year's puppet, DJ Cupcake. And because it's by God's hand that we are fed, our students will learn not only does God care for us, but he wants us to help care for each other. Not just at VBS, but every day of our lives. And we do it all through this amazing, colorful, and delicious food truck party theme. We're having a food truck party. So we're going to have food trucks on the stage. We're going to have food trucks in the room and outside. And so there was lots of options. So I've been absolutely blown away. And I think this is an awesome thing. This year's music reminds students that caring for each other is at the heart of God. The songs all follow a food-related theme, no matter where they're found in Scripture. But the songs are specifically tailored to hopefully teach the Bible stories in a very engaging and participative way. The song Man in the Morning is really nice because of the fact that it puts it in simpler terms and it puts it to music which makes it easier for the kids to remember. All of the kids seem to love it and every time we do it, it's just like everyone just is jumping around and having fun and all of the volunteers and adults know it and they're doing it too. Bible Adventure videos will share the stories of God's provision and love through some of the most famous stories of the Bible. The official agreed and for 10 days only fed them vegetables and water while everyone else ate off the king's menu. Do you know what happened? Well, Daniel and his friends actually ended up looking healthier than the other men. She poured out the flour, then poured out the oil. After mixing all the ingredients, she baked the bread. When the bread was done, she served it to Elijah. She then went right back to cooking. They were really, really mad. In fact, they said, if only we had stayed in Egypt, we could have died there and not here in the desert. Yeah, at least there were drive through restaurants and good Wi-Fi in Egypt. I don't think they said that exactly. 
This year's puppet DJ Cupcake lives in this center mural of our VBS set, inside our main food truck. It's all part of our colorful and exciting food truck party. We've added some grapes, some plastic rolls, some empty condiment bottles to create the picnic theme. And what the tablecloth features is our food truck party logo and theme verse. And there are many different ways to create your very own food truck party in your lobby. And one of the cool things we did was disassemble a palette. We painted it in bright colors and created makeshift columns in our lobby. This year's theme verse comes from Matthew 6.11 and reminds us of God's promise to give us this day our daily bread. From science experiments to crafts, incredible music, and powerful Bible stories, this summer, everyone, girls, boys, old and young, will be changed thanks to the food truck party where they can get on a roll with God. Very colorful. It's very fun. Our kids have fun. <laughs> food truck party, it's been really cool because they all can relate. It's a tangible thing that they can see and can feel and can taste. All the five senses. So that's been really cool. Sounds exciting. Children, you are dismissed to Children's Church, and don't forget VBS. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, good morning. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, we want to continue in our series from the book of 1 Thessalonians. And we've gotten to that third chapter, and we're going to spend a couple of weeks at least in this chapter, maybe three, but... We'll entitle it Trials and Opportunities, and we'll just walk through it together. So if you have your Bibles, that third chapter, let's begin with verse number one. And the Bible says, So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. And we sent Timothy, who is our brother and God's fellow worker. I like that. I like that translation better. God's fellow worker in God's service and spreading the gospel to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials for you know quite well we were destined for them. And that's going to be a key verse in our thought this morning so that no one would be unsettled. Trials have the potential of unsettling our faith if we don't respond properly to them. So again, verse 4, in fact, when we were there with you, we kept telling you that we'd be persecuted and it turned out that way. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. But Timothy has now just come to us from you and brought us good news about your faith and your love. He told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live since you're standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return of all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. 
trials and opportunities. Father, speak to us this morning. Give us ears to hear and hearts to receive. Let hearts be strengthened by the word of your grace. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Trials and opportunities. As we continue in this series, we're just going to walk through the first five verses of this third chapter this morning. And then we'll just continue wherever we leave, leave off. We'll follow up next time. Start out with verse number one, and this reminds us. Everything's going to have an R to it. This reminds us of the overall story. Here Paul says, when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. If you remember the background, in the setting, and again, we've been teaching through this now for some time, but Paul and his ministry team were run off by an intense wave of persecution. There was a riot. And this young church who had only maybe been saved a few weeks, maybe a couple of months, and had very little teaching, they were forced to stand alone. And we found out, and we said again and again, we found out that though they stood alone, reality says the child of God is never alone. Amen? It seemed like they were alone, but Jesus is never leaves us nor forsakes us. And they stood the test, and they weathered that storm. And it's exciting to see. They found out that the anchor holds, the anchor of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, as we sang, on Christ the solid rock I stand. But now we see now Paul here was more than an evangelist. Paul, as we lead into this second verse, Paul was a pastor. So verse 2, this represents Timothy's purpose, but also the apostles' pattern. Again, look at verse 2 now. He says, we sent Timothy, who's our brother, a fellow worker in the Lord, to strengthen and encourage your faith. To strengthen and encourage your faith. Timothy was sent to strengthen and encourage them in their faith. Now remember, they're young Christians. They're newly saved. They're without their pastors, without their apostles. And Paul is concerned about them. His concern is, would they stand the test? Because many times trials come and people crumble. Trials come and people disperse. And so that was Paul's thing. So as soon as he knew he couldn't go back, he said, I'm going to send Timothy. And Timothy, I want you to go there and I want you to encourage their faith because that's the most important thing. It's so important, folks. We need to be encouragers in the Lord. Amen? We need to practice and um, encourage one another. People need encouragement. No matter who they are, if you look around, you might not know their story, but everybody's going through something. Amen? So encourage one another. Pray for one another. But here Timothy is sent. He is sent to encourage them in the Lord. And that's really the, the apostles' pattern. We're going to see that in a little bit. But Timothy was a son in the faith to Paul. And next week we'll expound a little bit more in verse 2. We'll talk about Timothy. But he was a trusted right hand. He was someone Paul could depend on. He was a troubleshooter that Paul would send when churches were having problems and struggles. In Philippians 2, and next time we'll get there, Paul describes Timothy. He says, there's no one else like him because he has a genuine interest in your affairs and a genuine concern about the cause of Christ. His motives were pure. He wasn't in ministry for selfish gain, but he really cared about people, amen? And he really cared about the cause of Christ above all things. And so, again, Timothy, Paul sends Timothy to strengthen and encourage their faith. And if you've noticed, we read five times in these few verses the the term your faith or their faith or the faith. Again, verse 2, verse 5, verse 6, 7 and 10, your faith. The emphasis here, Paul, he, he speaks about the importance of their faith's condition. You can lose a lot of things, but don't lose your faith. You see, faith here represents more than just belief in God. 
more than just accurate belief in God. It represents the fruit of our faith. It represents the things that real faith in Christ produces. Obedience, sincerity, that perseverance that continues on even when things are not easy. A changed lifestyle which we saw. They left their idols to serve the true and living God. Their speech, their values. It's the living out of the faith that really matters. Remember when Jesus prayed for Peter. Luke's Gospel, chapter 22, Peter The the devil said, I want to sift him as wheat. I want to work him over. And Jesus said, Peter, I'm praying for you that your faith fails not. He could have prayed, Lord, Lord, spare him the trial. He could have said, Lord, just rebuke the devil. But instead he said, no, you're going to go through it, Peter. And the enemy's going to try to work you over and sift you as wheat. But I'm praying for you, not that you'll escape the thing, but that you'll go through the thing with the grace and power of a man of God. I pray that your faith doesn't fail. And we see throughout the word of God, there's an emphasis on the importance of faith, living out our faith and maintaining a sincere faith in the good times and in the bad. But you see, and we see this in our text here, the enemy's goal and effort is to weaken or unsettle, discourage the faith of God's people. But he knows without faith, hey, it's impossible to please God, the Bible says. I mean, we can't get saved without faith, but even after you're saved, folks, we can't live victoriously without faith. The Bible says our faith is like a mighty shield that quenches those fiery darts. If we don't have a present faith, those darts will ruin us. Those darts will afflict us. The Bible says it's that faith, 1 John and 5, that gives us victory over this world. This world that will try to weigh us down and discourage us and deceive us. But our faith in Christ gives us the strength to face whatever hell throws against us and keep loving Jesus and serving Jesus and walking properly with Jesus. Satan, he'll try to get you to turn back. He'll try to get you to give up. But true faith, gives us the strength, true faith, gives us an ability to stand and keep on standing, to sing and keep on singing, to praise and keep on praising. Even in the midnight hour, it might be through the tears, it might be through the frustration, but a real faith gives us a real strength that we might persevere until we finally prevail. Can you say amen? You know, friends, you can lose a lot of things, but don't lose your faith. You might lose some friends along the way. That's part of it. Jesus told us that. But don't lose your faith. You might lose finances. You might lose health. You might lose a career. Whatever the case might be. But whatever you do, don't lose your faith. Your faith in Christ. Your faith in His unchanging Word. Instead, guard your faith and feed your faith and exercise your faith. Timothy was sent to carry out one of the primary functions of the minister of the gospel, and that's to encourage and strengthen the faith of God's people. Somebody be encouraged. You're going to make it. The Lord's going to bring you through. Oh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Now, this was the apostles' pattern. If you study the book of Acts, you'll see there's a pattern. They would often, whether it was Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Silas, they would go back to the churches they had founded. They'd check on them, and then they would encourage them to stay true to the Lord. They'd encourage their faith. They'd challenge them to continue to walk worthy. Again, they would strengthen and encourage the disciples to remain true to Jesus. 
They would warn them about the challenges that were coming, but then they would encourage them and exhort them to stay true to Christ. They did not give a false hope on one hand, just pie in the sky, that you'll never have a problem. But on the other hand, they didn't just give them the pessimistic, woe is me, it's a hard old way. Instead, they they called them and they urged those Christians to remain true to the faith. They instructed them, we got to go through some tribulation, enter this kingdom. But they instructed them in the reality of this life, in the reality of the Christian experience. But then they encouraged them about the grace and the strength of God that was available to them that they could endure and they could fight the good fight and they could overcome and they could go through that thing and stand having done all to stand. They told the early church, and I like that about the Bible, it doesn't pull punches, it gives us a reality of life, it doesn't kind of give a false view of things. They told them there will be challenges and there will be hardships along the way. But God's presence and God's power and God's promises are with you. And if you'll choose to fight the good fight of faith, you will overcome and you will prevail in this life and in the life to come. It's the pattern of the early church and it's the pattern we try to follow here. The the urging and the encouraging of the saints. The exhorting God's people to give God your best and encouraging them that His grace is sufficient that you can overcome. You can endure that storm. You can prevail that thing. Try to encourage people. Remain true to God. Don't give up and don't turn back. No matter what you face, keep loving Jesus, keep serving Jesus, keep praising Jesus, and don't backslide for anybody or anything. Can you say amen? Amen. Remain true to God and remember, there will be tests, there will be trials along the way. But don't let them lie to you. Don't let them defeat you. Don't let them unsettle your faith, as Paul is saying here. Instead, realize... That you are a child of God. And if you don't quit, you can't lose. Because the Bible says, greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. The Bible says, he that began that good work in you, he's faithful to complete it and bring you through. Can you say amen? Amen. So this day we encourage God's people. This day we say, weary soul receive strength. Heavy heart be lifted up. Troubled, unsettled mind, receive that peace that passes understanding. For the one that saves you, he still holds you and he keeps you and he's forever with you. And thank God this morning the battle is the Lord's battle. Somebody, don't you forget it. It's the Lord's battle and he's greater than what you're facing. He's stronger than what's standing against you. The battle is the Lord's battle. So you just keep trusting the Lord. You keep casting that burden upon the Lord. You keep waiting upon the Lord and he'll keep renewing your strength and encouraging your faith and giving you all you need to fight the good fight and finish this race. Somebody say amen. It's important to remember the battle is the Lord. Why? Because as we go into verse 3, trials, according to the Bible, do have the potential to unsettle, to discourage, to crush a person's faith. Paul, tail end of verse 2, he sends Timothy to strengthen and encourage them in their faith. 
Why? Verse 3, here we go. So that no one would be unsettled by these trials. There is a potential that trials can unsettle our faith. That's why they're always encouraging. Because trials were always coming, they always had to be encouraging. Because trials left alone can discourage and really disrupt your faith. He says, you know quite well we were destined for them. How about that? Amen? No one's exempt from them, you see. They're right there. So let's look at this a little bit here. Glory to God. Trials do have the potential, according to the word of God, to unsettle, disturb, or shake our faith. So verse 3, we'll call that the reason. The reason. Remind us, represents the reason. The reason you and I need to stay strong. The reason we need to stay filled and building ourselves up in the faith. Because trials have the ability to unsettle faith, to disturb faith, to shake faith, sometimes even to shipwreck faith, to embitter a saint, to bring a person to despairing. Amen? And they start drifting. And listen, drifting is dangerous because some people never get back on course. Thank God for those that do, but some never do. The reason, verse 3, number 3, the reason to stay filled and to stay faithful and to stay grounded and guarding your faith is the reality is this. If I allow trials to get the best of me, if I give in to the fear, to the lies, you know, your trials will lie to you. They'll say God's forsaken you, God doesn't love you, God's promises aren't true, the devil is a liar. Can you say Amen. But that trial, he'll lie to you with signs following. Can you say amen? Yeah. It's so important. There's a reason to stay faithful. There's a reason to keep strong in the word. There's a reason to keep walking close to Jesus. Because when those trials come, they don't give you, they don't give you an advance notice. They just, they just hit you. Ready or not, here we come. Amen? You know, you, um, you watch those fighters. They sign up for a fight. And they make sure it's enough a month where they can prepare. And they'll be ready for that fight. Amen. They know exactly what night they're climbing in that ring. Well, hell don't do that, does it? Hell just says, uh, here I am. Surprise, surprise. Ready or not, here I come. And if you don't live ready. Now, now if I knew hell was going to hit me three or four months ago, I'd get all the promises. And I'd make sure I'm prayed up. And I'm getting all my butt. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm living real good. Don't want no sin in there. Not even the little thing. Amen. I'm, I don't want to go 57 and a 55. I know something's coming. Amen. I, I, I'm taking no chances. I need the Lord here. Amen. But how, you don't work like that, does it? You just wake up one day and you almost don't wake up. Oh, Lord. You gotta work, you gotta live ready. Oh, let me get back to my notes here. If I allow these trials to get the best of me, if I give in to the fear, frustration, the lies, the anger, trials can get you angry if you don't guard your heart. Isn't that right? I know, I, I know making oh Lord, oh Lord, why is everyone picking on me? Amen. The hurt of that trial. If I allow these things to win then my relationship with God suffers. My faith weakens. My love grows cold. They make me very vulnerable to poor decisions and poor reasonings and believing the devil's lies. See, friend, there is a reason to stay strong and devoted to our faith and our walk with the Lord. 
We say it often, but successful Christian living is not accidental. It's intentional. It's intentional. Amen? It's intentional. How do we say it? Take care of your faith, and your faith will take care of you. (laughs) One writer said it like this. Often, what trials do to us depends on what they find in us. Often, what trials do to us depends on what they find in us. That's why some that didn't walk close with God when hell hits them, they so easily give up, backslide, and go away. But those that walk with God shed their tears but keep clinging to God. Because what trials do to us, typically it's determined by what it finds in us. Ready or not, here we come. Mm. I'm going to give us three words when it comes to trials and tests and troubles. Nobody wants them. Certainly nobody's praying for them, but they are a fact of life. So let's look at the Bible. It's good to look at the Bible, is it not? And as one, one, one writer put it, it's good to have a theology of adversity so that we're not caught off guard. We're not unnecessarily offended and get mad at God because we don't understand how reality works in a fallen, Christ-forsaken world. Number one, there'll be expectation. Number two, evaluation. Number three, Edification. Let's think of these words now because Paul says these trials have the potential of unsettling your faith, of distracting it, of, of, of crushing that foundation. So it's important that we recognize number one, expectation. You know, trials in a fallen world are to be expected. We're not supposed to be surprised when something comes our way. It's part of life in a fallen world. It's just part of it. So again, um, they're to be expected. Don't be surprised. Don't be offended by them. Don't be knocked off course by them. 1 Peter 4 and 12. 1 Peter 4 and 12, how how the new King James says it. Um, Don't think it's strange, Peter says. Beloved, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. It's trying you. It's trying your patience. It's trying your determination as though something strange were happening to you. Can you imagine that? The Word of God says, don't think it's strange. Have you ever thought it's strange when you got tried? Of course you did. We all do. Lord, why don't you pick on the world? Amen. Pick on the devil's crowd. I'm trying to serve you. Why would this happen to me? But the Bible says, beloved, don't think it's strange concerning that fiery trial which is trying you as though something strange is not strange. It's part of this life. It hits the good and it hits the bad. Amen? When they say the good, bad, and the ugly, it hits expectation. So don't lose your faith because of them. They're part of this human existence. Instead, make up your mind to sink deeper and hold on firmer to your God and to your King. But number one, when it comes to adversity, when it comes to trials, Paul says, I'm coming to encourage your faith. But your faith is of most importance. And five times we see in our few verses, your faith, your faith, the importance of your faith. Paul's concern was, was their faith standing? Not did they have a great experience yesterday? Did they have a firm and healthy faith today? And their faith, he says, because trials come. And one of the things trials can do to us, if we don't respond properly, they can unsettle that faith. They can begin to disturb that faith. They can begin to crack the foundation of that faith, which will lead to an ultimate collapse one day down the road. 
So the first thing the Bible teaches me is that I should expect the trying of my faith. This is the proving ground. Heaven's glory. Amen. This is the testing ground. Heaven's where the rewards really come into play. So number one, there's an expectation. But number two, understand this about trials. Therefore, an evaluation. The evaluation, you know, test, um, let's put it this way, test prove where we're at. I don't know what company you're in, they give you a test. Whether you're typing or putting together an air conditioner, there's a test. You got to see, does the person know what to do? Do they know how to fix it? I got to test them before I put you out there. I got to test you. God test us. Test prove where you're at. Test prove what's really on the inside. Test prove where we're at and what we're made of. Look at First Peter 1, 6 and 7. I like how the old NIV says it here. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. Trials come in different shapes and flavors, don't they? Amen? Some are just irritation. Some are just, they knock you to your knees. Amen? Some are great things. And, um, but these have come, whether it's a mild irritation, whether it's just someone at the store that's really a piece of work and you go, Lord, did I have to run into that one? Amen. Whether it's just another, another, you know, flat tire that you got to get past. Some are just minor irritations. Amen. Others are flat out tragedies and traumas. So they're various and they vary in degree. They vary in intensity. But wherever they're at, we all have a taste of them. Verse 7 says, these have come. One of the reasons God allows them in this dispensation of time, these have come so that your faith, remember Paul kept saying, your faith, your faith. I got to find out about your faith. That your faith of greater worth than gold, nothing's worth more than your faith, amen? Which perishes even though refined by the fire may be proved genuine. That trial comes to prove if you got the goods or if you're just faking it. That trial comes to see, are you really a believer? Are you just outwardly being religious? That trial comes to separate the man from the boy. Sometimes trials come and people backslid. Quite frankly, they never front slid too much to begin with. But others gone through hell times too. But they keep praising, they keep faithful, they keep seeking God and loving God. Test show us what we're made of. Somebody say amen. And typically they do to you what they find in you. Choose to pass the test. Make up your mind. You're not going to bellyate about it. You're going to pass the test. Let hell throw the kitchen sink at you. You're going to pass the test. You're going to prove your love for Jesus was real. Your faith in Christ is genuine. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Someone give God an amen. Amen. Allow that thing to refine you. Allow that thing to prune you. Allow that thing to improve you. But don't let it embitter you. Don't let it despair you. Don't let it cause you to go the other way. Instead, make up your mind. Every test that comes is going to prove you are the genuine article and you are a sincere child of God. Expectation. Evaluation. How about some edification? Because if you face these things the right way, they'll develop you and not defeat you. They'll make you stronger than when you got into the thing. Come on, say amen with me. What does that say? James 1, 3, and 4. What's it say to us? James 1, 3, and 4. 
I know we're counting it all joy. Here we go. Because you know the testing of your faith. God says, I want my people to know the testing of their faith. It doesn't have to unsettle them. It doesn't have to bring them to despair and giving up. It doesn't have to embitter them. You know the testing of your faith can actually produce some perseverance in you, some stick to in you. Let that perseverance finish its work, and you'll be mature, complete, not lacking anything. The same trial that causes one person to backslide causes the other person to get stronger in the Lord than they've ever been before. The same trial that causes someone to curse and blah, 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 they probably didn't have it to begin with. Tell you someone, he's preaching it today. I just get you better. You gotta prune what's real and what's not real. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? Oh yeah. That's right. Koro shaketomba seketa rotomandara shaketa rotokai. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. We just expose what it is. It just exposes what it is. That, that trial just exposes what's there. Isn't that right? Well, Labor Day 2001, 2000 and something, had a terrible, up in Syracuse, had a terrible storm. I mean, hurricane thing, tornadoes. We never get that stuff up there. Labor Day weekend, it, it, it closed down the city for about three days. I mean, it blew everything. I mean, trees all over. I remember standing upstairs. I'm portable shaka when hurricane hitting the house. I don't know what that was. I'm praying. Get out the next morning. Trees all around that house. I mean, they lined up like God's angels putting them around there. But there was this tree, man. There was a tree across the street. I love that tree. Big tree. I mean, it's a big tree. And it had like a tenement of black squirrels in it. Canadian squirrels, prettiest things. I mean, a black coat. Look like black panthers, amen? And when I'd be out there late at night shoveling snow, he used to love shoveling snow late at night. Nothing with that moonlight out there, you know what I mean? Just talking to the Lord. And I look at that tree, and I said, if I could be a tree, that would be my tree. I'd be that tree. Oh, it was huge. I mean, look like, you know, uh, you know Charles Atlas or, you know, Arnold in his day. You know what I mean? But tree, all this. And I looked at it. He said, look, after that storm, I go out the next day, and you know what? I said to myself, if any tree was going to last through that storm, that tree was going to last. No, no. I went out there the next day. That tree had collapsed. And you know what I found out, Brother Torres? The tree was hollow. It looked real good on the outside, but on the inside it was hollow. Woo! I said, just like some people I know. Oh, come on. They got a lot on the outside. But when the storm comes, we found out they were hollow. Mm. Because the storm exposes what is. That wasn't in the notes. I got to get back to my notes now. Edification. Wow. As I endure the trial properly, it actually edifies or strengthens my faith. It matures my faith. It deepens my faith. It purifies my faith. You see, you can choose. Will it defeat you or will it develop you? Will will it cause you to say things that you're embarrassed about later on or will it take you deeper and make you stronger and wiser and more mature in your walk with God? Oh, my, my. 
Verse number one, we said this reminds us of the overall story and background of this letter. Verse number two, this represents to you and I. Timothy's purpose and the apostles' pattern was to encourage and exhort the people, keep going forward in the Lord. Keep trusting the Lord. You'll face some things, but they don't have to overcome you. Keep going forward in Jesus. Number three, verse three, the reason why you and I need to stay strong and we need to keep getting filled up and built up in God and stay committed is because trials do have the potential of really damaging our faith if we don't respond properly. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Take care of your faith, and your faith will take care of you. I come across a story some years ago. National Geographic did an article on, on the Alaskan bull moose. Big thing, right? The moose up in Alaska. And the males, um, you know, they, they battle for dominance uh, of, the, you know, of the group there during the fall season, during, during that fall um, breeding season. They go head-to-head. You know, the males, they, they go head-to-head crunching and colliding. And typically, the heaviest moose with the largest and strongest antlers wins. That makes sense. So therefore, the battle fought in the fall is really, the author wrote, one in the summer. That's when the moose eat continually. And the one that consumes the best diet for growing antlers and gaining weight will be the heavyweight when breeding season comes, and he'll be able to triumph. Mm. So the author was a Christian author. He, he ends his story with this. There's a lesson for us here. Spiritual battles await, but Satan chooses the season of attack. Will we be victorious or will we fall? Much depends on what we do now. Before the wars begin. The bull moose principle, enduring faith, enduring strength, and wisdom for trials are best developed before they're needed. That's the reason we live it daily. That's the reason we stay faithful to our devotions and faithful to God's family. Because you don't know when the door is going to knock and a trial from hell is going to be able to buckle you. But if you live ready, you'll have the strength you need to endure it and overcome it and keep walking close to God afterwards. Amen? Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Number four, verse four. He simply recalls that he's calling the church to remember what he taught them. Verse four. In fact, when I was with you, We kept telling you that we'd be persecuted, and it turned out that way. It turned out that way. It turned out that way. We don't got to pray for trial. You know, there are a lot of things in that Bible we got to claim, amen? We got to ask God for it. You don't got to ask God for trials. They come all by themselves, brother. Isn't that right? They they come, they come, they just come. So so I don't got to worry about this. I just got to tell you, walk with God. Because hell is going to hit you, and hell don't play fair. Amen? And there'd be no excuses on that day. You can't stand before God some days. I backslid and didn't serve you because preacher wasn't nice to me. Is that person on the job that, that they, they were supposed to be a Christian? They backslid and so I no 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 no. You would stand before God all by yourself. There'll be no excuse on that day. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, according to the Bible, trials will come. So make up your mind. I'm going to walk with God. 
And if hell throws the kitchen sink, I'm going to keep walking with God. And if hell lies to me, I'm going to praise Jesus even louder. Come on, say amen. Oh, yeah. Glory, glory. Come on, say amen. You know, as believers, we're like the disciples on the sea. We're in the process of going over to the other side. You see, even in the path of obedience, we go through storms. Now, we all know when we're disobedient, we bring trouble on ourselves. We've all been there. If you haven't been there, you're lying. So we've all been there. Amen? But even on the path of obedience, the disciples, they're following the words and commands of Jesus. Get in the boat. Go to the other side. And in the path of obedience, hell hits them. Whoo! They weren't ready. Man, bam! Unexpected, violent storm. In the process of going over to the other side, we're just like them. And we encounter storms. We face adversity. Sometimes that lightning strikes a little too close to home. <laughs> but the promise was never a trouble-free cruise. The promise was that you're going to make it to the other side. And friend, you're going to make it to the other side. You just stay true to Jesus and you just keep living faithfully for him. You're going somewhere and it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Amen. It will be worth it all when we see Christ. My Lord, it'll be worth it all. So you just keep loving him. Just keep serving him. Just keep praising him. It'll be, you might lose some friends along the way. It'll be worth it on that day. You might take some shots and unfair criticism along the way. It'll be worth it on that day. You might go through time scratching your head frustrated, wondering why God, why it will be be worth it on that day. Keep loving Jesus. Keep serving Jesus. And be determined you're not going back for anything. The world behind us, the cross before us, no turning back. Hallelujah. Oh yeah. This world's getting crazier, but we get more on fire. This world's getting darker, but we're walking in the light. This world is getting denser, but we're going to walk in the spirit and not give in to that lust of the flesh. We're going to live it. We're going to walk it. We're going to practice what we preach, and we're going to be sons and daughters of God. Mm. Woo. Hallelujah. He's walking through this. Verse 1 reminds us. Verse 2 represents. Verse 3 gives us a reason. Verse 4 recalls. Verse 5 reveals. Reveals. Reveals the pastor's heart. Love those words in 2 Corinthians 12 and 15 where Paul talks about being a father. And he says, I will gladly spend and be spent for your souls. That's a pastor. That's a pastor. Amen? I will gladly spend and be spent for your souls. Verse 5, he's revealing his heart. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, Paul said, I couldn't stand it. I had to know how you were doing. Whew. I sent Timothy to find out about your faith. Again, your faith. Your faith. Because I was afraid. That in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. Can you imagine that? That's what he cared about. He didn't just leave them and say, well, well, God take care of them. He says, it kept me up at night. 
I'm praying and I'm interceding. And I had to know, did they stand? Oh, my, 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 my. Here we see the pastor's heart of Paul. Not enough just to raise your hand and repeat after me. He wasn't concerned about statistics. Paul had to know, had they stood? Were they standing? Were they growing? Were they advancing in their faith? Because the tempter, don't forget who the real enemy is. Somebody, don't forget who the real enemy is. He's the one that's stirring up all that trouble. He's the one that's lying to you at night. He's the one that's trying to make you think God failed you or God forsook you or God did something terrible. God can't do something terrible. God is good. Hell wants to lure you back. Hell wants to deceive the mind, destroy the faith, exhaust your fight. Tempts you to give up and go back. But friend, God will renew your strength if you let him. God will refresh your faith if you'll draw near to him. And say, oh God, I am determined. I'm going forward. Give me the grace I need for this next battle. Here we see the pastor's heart, the pastor's burden. What is the present condition of your faith? It's got to be a now faith, not a yesterday faith. That won't do. It's got to be a now faith. What if you were to stand before Jesus right now? We can't bring up what happened yesterday. What are you doing now? The pastor's heart. Amen? But five years ago, I laid out in the spirit for an hour. That's good, but where's your faith now? Where's your devotion and love for Christ now? Where is your intimate relationship with Christ now? It's now. Is it healthy? Is it growing? Is there evidence of salvation now? Wow. Mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, Lord. Close this down. We'll pick up next week. I'm going to look at Timothy next week. A faithful minister. A good report. And an inspiring prayer. I'm going to finish up this chapter if we can. But let's remember this morning, trials will come. I know that's not a revelation for anyone. Amen? Trials will come. Isn't that right? Even when you pray in tongues for an hour a day, trials still come. Isn't that true? Live as holy as you can live. Trials still come. Isn't that right? So we under, trials will come. And what did we learn this morning? They have the potential. That's the danger. See, you, you, just, can't, you just can't shoot them off. You know, you get a cut. I don't care if it's a small cut. If you don't treat it, it can get infected. And it can really do some damage. You see what I mean? So trials have the potential. So I've got to understand that. They're damaging my faith. If I don't recognize that and respond properly, I've got to respond properly. Amen? And one of the greatest ways I respond properly is by being a daily Christian. Being faithful and committed to consistently walk with God. To honor God's house. To, to fellowship with the believers, that we pray one for another. We encourage one another. Amen? To, to be committed to feeding on that word. Amen? 
I got to eat now. Eat now. I don't know when the trial's going to come. I can't eat then. Amen. I got to eat now. So when it comes, I got something to latch on to. I got energy within me. So we recognize trials will come. And they do have the potential of damaging my faith if I don't recognize that and respond properly. I recognize from our verses this morning that my faith, your faith, is of the utmost importance. You still have your text out? I want you to see this. Let's do this again. Verse 2, the tail end of verse 2. Timothy went there to strengthen and encourage them in their faith. In their faith. Your faith is very important to God. And that's why we try to encourage your faith. We try to give it to you straight so you take your faith seriously. Amen? All right. All right, now, now we go down here. Verse 5. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. That's what cared most about, their faith. Their faith. You get their faith right, you'll get their giving right. Amen? You get their faith right, you'll get their living right. You get the holiness right. You get that faith in Christ right, they'll be serving at VBS. They'll be volunteering. You get the faith right. Everything else flowing out of that. Amen? Verse 6. But Timothy, man, we're going to look at this next week. Paul gets so excited here. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and brought good news about your faith and your love. Woo. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. Your faith, your faith, your faith. Verse 7, therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress, in all our persecution, we were encouraged. Now Paul says, now you're encouraging us. We were encouraged about you because of your faith. Your faith was so good, Paul said, encourage me. Amen. There's nothing that does the preacher better than to know his people are walking all out with the Lord. Amen. There's nothing better than knowing they're serving Jesus with all they got. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah, you care about them getting a better job, but if their faith is right, God will take care of their needs. Amen? Yeah, you're worried about them physically, and you pray for them physically, but, man, if they got their faith right, everything's going to work out physically. Don't worry about that. Amen? And that last night and day, verse 10, we pray. What are you praying about? We pray most earnestly. We're going to get into that next week. He didn't pray these little, you know, fairy prayers, whatever. Now lay me down to sleep. He said, I prayed earnestly. He meant business when he prayed. It's in the Bible. He prayed earnestly that he would see him again. He wanted to see him. And what he wanted to do is supply what is lacking in their faith. Their faith is good, but it needs to grow. All of us need to grow. Amen. Hallelujah. Your faith is of greatest importance to God. Feed your faith. Guard your faith. Use your faith. Amen. We're going to pray. If you need prayer, you can come to the altar. You maybe just need a touch from God. Maybe you need anointing with oil. Maybe you just want to ask God for a fresh filling. Maybe you're going through something and you just want God, uh, you want to wait upon the Lord and let God renew your strength. If not, I'm just going to pray the blessing upon you. They will take these words to heart. And we'll examine our faith. Let us all make sure our faith is strong and our relationship with Jesus is close. And let's do our best to make sure we haven't allowed any of these trials that we all face to yeah, poison us, embitter us. If we have, Lord Jesus, heal us. Lord Jesus, cleanse us. 
Lord Jesus, wash me of this thing so I can continue to walk with you as I need to. Stand with me, please. Let's pray the blessing. Oh, we thank you so much, Lord. We thank you so much. After I pray, the altar will be open. If you need prayer, please come. Someone will pray with you. Maybe you need a physical touch. Maybe you just need to wait on God and ask God to fill you. Lord, maybe you're going through a trial. Maybe you're in the midst of it now and you just need to wait on God for refreshing so you can get back out there and stand firm in the Lord. We bow our hearts. Father, we thank you this morning for all that you have brought us through and how faithful you have been to each one of us. And we ask you, Father, this day in the name of Jesus, help us to keep our faith strong that we might persevere and ultimately prevail in this fight of faith. Father, I pray this morning that you would refresh the spirits of those that are weary. Oh, Lord, we know it doesn't mean people are backsliding. It might just mean they're fighting the fight. And that good fight of faith does exhaust our strength. So, Lord, if there's anyone here today that is just weary in spirit, going through storms, Lord, refresh them as they draw near to you. Refresh them as they just wait upon you and ask, Lord, for renewing of their strength. Refresh the weary and renew the strength. Father, the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord range, they look all over the earth to strengthen hearts that are fully devoted to you. And Lord, you see right now your people. You see what they're going through. You see what they're facing at home. You see what's happening on the job. And Father, I pray for those that you know are trying, that you know are doing their best to keep the faith, but they're feeling a bit exhausted. God, I pray that you would renew and strengthen their faith right now, that you would grant them by your spirit a fresh strength that they could go back to that home, go back to that job, go back to that situation and have a grace that they never had before and have a peace and a strength they never had before. Father, this day strengthen those whose hearts are fully devoted to you. Strengthen those whose lives are truly trying to please you and obey you in the hard place. Revive all of us, O oh God. And increase our faith as we draw near to you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, let's give Jesus a hand clap. Let's clap those hands and bless him. Let's praise him. Let's worship him. Sing this one time through as you praise the Lord. And if you need a touch, come on and get touched.